0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, a very special royal edition of the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, as all big royalists hear ourselves. My name is Alan. I'm gonna be your host for this week. I'm very regal. I love the king. I, I love I'm pledging, pledging my allegiance to him right now. I'm gonna <laughs> hold my hand up, I'm, I'm gonna say, King Charles, you can give me a little kissy. UK's change you, man. Matt. Sainsbury, ex- <laughs> <laughs> the editor-in-chief of digitally downloaded. Hello,
1: Matt. How are you? E- hello. I, I you, too will do you be pledge doing a- to the king. Well, I'll be doing a pledge. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. If the king- I-, I, I don't know if the king would think it would it was a particularly allegiance-based pledge, but I'll be saying words. That's for sure.
0: Words like "I love you, King Charles. You are my best friend."
1: Yeah, that, definitely. That that is definitely what I'm saying. That 100.
0: What
2: if Miku had a King Charles voice? Then then you have to think. Then you have to think about if you allege to him.
1: That would know, that I mean... would scare me?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's just
0: it's just the worst. <laughs> <Hell> <laughs> that <on> track, Trent's here, everyone. Hello.
2: Yes, yes, I am here. I shall not pledge pledging to the king. I think that's the most stupidest idea ever. It's like everyone who's watching at home, watching the TV, you know, everyone stand up and do the Hitler slew to the queen and king.
3: That's not the same thing. I mean, (laughs) it
2: depends on who you're talking to. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it sounds like. So
1: basically, Trent Trent is declaring war on the United Kingdom um, and yeah so the revolution we can't afford it we can't afford it please one (laughs) weird place in new south wales starts with trent it's all him
3: yeah (laughs) josh Josh.
0: and hello
3: good morning good morning i honestly did not know the coronation or whatever you call it was happening at all i was just going to spend my day normally i just
0: thought it was a street personally (laughs) (laughs) coronation Avenue.
3: did you say did you
1: say you're going to streak no i mean I that, that is absolutely that is absolutely what you should do alan you're the closest to where it's happening so you should like no, mosey you? on down did you not see that and and strip that off Robo-Cup and just post. <laughs> and and just kind of you know charge on through that's that's the australian way to do it to, represent.
0: to kill people if you go and interrupt the procession They've already said in, like, (laughs) Facebook posts, like, if you get in that way, we will kill you. (laughs) I think it's, like, probably one
3: of the worst places to whip it out.
0: I mean, Prince Andrew never stopped him, so.
2: (laughs) Save it. Honoring the royal family. (laughs)
1: In, no, so we're just being cancelled by every, so every moniker Every Monica yeah. That well, listens yeah. to the DTNet podcast like, I, um,
0: All one of them Me We're a royal family podcast now <laughs> What a, What are video games? Yeah, no, so my interest is actually In what video games Charles is playing While he's getting pegged Hear <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, that story? <laughs> no. My mega doesn't like him anymore That was in the tabloids <laughs> over here That might not have reached Australia <laughs>
2: is
0: that a recent thing?
2: Yeah, it's a recent thing. Oh, wow. No, all we got for it was just like, you know, the coronation Mm -hmm. thing. I just swept through like Twitter and it was all like, you know, the whole pledge allegiance. It was all picked up by all the news articles and, you know, the project did their whole thing on the King Charles thing. Like, Yeah, we were
1: basically basically just told we had to pledge allegiance. Otherwise, we were naughty boys or something. Um, Pledge or die. Yeah, which, it was something Albo like that. Like, wants
2: us to do. wants us to pledge allegiance.
1: Yeah, he's over there no. hobnobbing with Piers. Your good mate, Piers Morgan, isn't he? That's what he's doing. He's my best friend. You know, if I could think
0: of one person who I love more <laughs> than King Charles, it's Piers Morgan. <laughs> Ma-
2: maybe, maybe, maybe they're all attending each other's weddings. You know, my so favorite.
1: Like, My favourite Piers Morgan moment, and it will always be, every time Piers Morgan shows up, I have to go and watch it because it's just kind of mandatory viewing, is the moment where he went to the cricket and he was like, oh, the English team sucks. They're terrible. They can't do anything. So Brett Lee um, challenged him to face an over in the nets. And Piers was like, yeah, okay. And then Brett Lee, who's the, you know, the fast bowler of Australia, he just kind of rolls his arm over. Yeah, he just kind of rolls his arm over at like this slow pace for him. And Piers gets absolutely slammed. And it's just the most, it's the most amazing video. I love it. Every time, every time Piers shows up, I just have to watch that. It's the best piece of YouTube footage ever.
0: It's such a glaring indictment of just like the UK in general of saying, oh yeah, we can do that. We did it back in the day and then getting murdered. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he gets absolutely slammed. It's that, great. <laughs> with that, let's, let's go to some maker.
4: 君 Spend chika next time de sotto su ni 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 no ni tsukare mo wa I'm gonna make you know. i see you. I'm I'm to
0: It's a big month for video games, as it tends to be nowadays with every single thing coming out every single day. And of course, by that, I mean the greatest game of all time, Redfall. But if you're listening to this at this point, you already know that I'm talking utter shite. Instead, there are things coming out and things that you may be interested in. So we do have the venerable Matt. I forgot to add adjectives. I was too excited about King Charles. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Um, King Charles, Redfall? Also, did
2: you actually introduce Harvard? Yeah,
0: he did. Yeah. I'm it. He did I yeah, he said
2: hello to Harvard. Yeah. I thought you know, he just skipped right out. over you.
0: <laughs> no, it's
3: okay. I'm used
0: to that. No. <laughs> would never. Matt, what's coming out this month? Stuff. I love stuff. It's not helpful.
1: stuff it's one of the least helpful things you've ever told me. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah even though it is a shorter month for this podcast because we did record it a bit later there is still a lot of a lot of stuff happening which is cool let's go through it shall we we'll start with the playstation 5 which is the the sony console i guess um we start with on may 8 uh, we've got weird west definitive edition coming out which is like a Action RPG. It's a great set. game. Is it? Yeah. I don't know really, if they've really played good. it. Cool. That's cool. That's happening. Also on uh, May 9, so one day later, we've got East uh, 9, Monstrum Nox. The PlayStation 5 version comes out. Now, that's a pretty good game. If you haven't played it yet, there's an excuse to do so. It's out on your PlayStation 5 on may 11 we've got tt isle of man right on the edge three if you like your motorbike vroom vrooms, then i've heard that this series isn't so bad so yeah it's, it's very, very it's very simmy rather
0: than like an actiony racing game it's very oh very cool.
1: so that's the kind of one where you start to try to drive and then just fall over which is what i do every time i try a motorbike sim i just fall <laughs> over every time i hit a curve i fall over <laughs> that's yeah. that's basically my motorbike sim experience checks out yeah so uh on may 11 we've got fuga melodies of steel 2 coming out hell yeah now the original was uh, a pretty spectacular game that almost nobody played unfortunately (laughs) um but it's one of those ones that kind of word of mouth has kept going as this it's kind of this game you need to play and it landed on game pass and i think that actually did it a favor that's the reason why yeah yeah it got so some people to play it, it. Mm. so uh, i i feel like the the sequel which is this one um will do pretty decently for itself it's finally got a bit of a reputation and it is definitely a passion project by the developers um it's cyber two is that the name of the developer cyber connect something yeah. Or other. yeah they also so- made the dragon ball z games but yeah you know, yeah they do too. they they do an awful lot of licensed anime stuff and then they've gone and created this kind of little series as a passion project on the side and it is very you know it's very smart it's very artful it's very intelligent it's a turn-based rpg thing and um it's really really good uh very intense quite dark <laughs> um will mm. challenge your soul and mind but it is very much worth playing and i'm expecting the sequel would do the same thing so There you go. That is May 11. It also comes out on Game Pass. So if you happen to have Game Pass, then you can play it out of the box for part of your subscription. Um, On May 11 as well, we've got Midnight Suns Bloodstorm, which is apparently a pretty substantial DLC update to what was pretty good. Um, The best Marvel's been in a very long time, as far as I'm concerned um the xcom developer fear access made it it's a strategy rpg thing and yeah the the base game is very good so if you've got that and or if you haven't played that yet play that and then play the dlc bonus on may 16 we've got lego 2k drive which i am really quite keen for and i don't know why but i am (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be good i think it's the name be is fun.
2: so horrible, though.
1: It's
2: I like, know it's it great. When it, it was fun. leaked, I thought the 2K Drive was just like a working title, and then it's like the next yeah, day yeah, it was revealed as it. Lego 2K Drive, and I'm like, why? Like they could have mm-hmm. used Lego like Races or you know like an existing brand, but instead they attached themselves to 2K, which is only about microtransactions. So fun.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure the game will be as well because this is a 2K game. Um... Yeah, it is, it is actually by 2K Games. I, I guess that's the licensing reason that, or the, the branding reason that they've done that and named it that way. But nonetheless, I am looking forward to it because LEGO and racing sounds like a thing that should work. Um,
0: They're crossed. also channeling a little bit of Diddy Kong Racing with like the transformation stuff, which I'm
1: all for. Yeah, that would. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll play it, that is for sure. Uh, on May 16, we've got Tin Hearts coming out, which is already out, I think, on Switch and stuff, uh, but it's coming out to PlayStation 5, and it looks like a charming little puzzle adventure game, I think, with toy soldiers and all kinds of kind of, yeah, it, it looks cute and charming, and it kind of stands out on that basis. That's why I mentioned it here. Um, yeah, that comes out on May 16. Also on May 16, we've got Humanity, which is a odd-looking little Lemmings-like game, I think, is the best way to describe it. It looks interesting. I don't know if it'll be good yet. I'll have to wait and see. But it does look interesting. So, there you go. On May 19, the game for Alan this month, no doubt, a Truck Driver, Premium ed- Edition. We all know Alan likes his I trucks. Do. I love trucks. You know what? When I think about driving my truck,
0: I just get all hot and heavy. <laughs> so just love driving my truck down the, down the bloody roads of Bendigo. It's the it's it's Alan's
1: fan service. His truck driver. Yeah, I put truck nuts and everything. <laughs> <laughs> what else we <laughs> Monster menu. The scavengers cookbook comes out on May twenty three don't know much about that it's a survival simulation rpg where you cook stuff and it's very anime it's been it's been published by nippon it's been it's it's been published by nipponichi and i don't even know anything about it so that is going to fly right under the radar that one you know the, the bit from the simpsons where homer's like getting the hey is
0: him like the cursed monkey paw, and he's like, the monkey paw is cursed. That's bad. But you also get a free frozen, the frozen yogurt. That's good. <laughs> I just had the exact same reaction to that game as soon as you were like, it's a monster survival like cooking game. And I was like, that sounds good. It's, anime. <laughs> but it's also very anime.
1: That's that
4: bad.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it looks interesting. That's good. Made That's maybe on, on May twenty-three, bad. we've got Star Trek Resurgence, which is a narrative adventure game, feeling featuring dialogue choices, relationship building, and exploration. Alongside dialogue-driven role-playing and rich branching storylines, you will also engage with the Star Trek universe in a variety of other gameplay styles, including shuttle piloting, phaser fights, tricorder scanning, stealth, and micro-gameplay mechanics. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows if that's going to be good? Um... Star Trek has a patchy history with video games, to say the least. But when they're good, they tend to be really good. The
0: absolute worst, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) When they're good, they tend to be really, really good. So fingers crossed. If it's good, I will definitely enjoy it. Then we've got Warhammer Forty K Bolt Gun coming out on May twenty three. Yeah,
4: that's
1: going to be cool. A classic, frenetic, first-person shooter gameplay with the stylish visuals of your favourite 90s retro shooters. So what? It's like it's Warhammer Doom. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Doomhammer. Yeah. Ooh, that suddenly yeah. interests me a lot more. Yeah. Warhammer's another that. one of those it's... franchises where you're like, you have no idea how good the game is going to be. You also have no idea what the game is going to be like. Yeah, yeah, that could be anything. Um, But yeah, Doomhammer sounds good to me. I'll definitely play that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that multiplayer? We'll play it together, Alan.
0: I I don't know if it is multiplayer, but Go it sounds it. like it should have a Doom star multiplayer. It, it would should have to, like, shortly. Yeah. You good. can't make a Doom game and not have Doom. Like, uh, fucking Dusk, for example, having the sickest multiplayer for a Quake, like. Yeah.
1: It oh, doesn't need so to have good. it. It's essential. Dusk? I haven't played Dusk. I haven't played Dusk. Oh, you'd love it. I'm sure. Everything like needs style. to re-
2: be like Unreal Tournament 2014. I mean,
3: 2004. Wow. Oh, time has
2: passed. Yeah. Or 2000 and UT 2000. What was the gold edition? Whatever it was. The one before 2004. All I know is they were the no. good
1: days. <laughs> the good are old, we're old. Days of it too. We're old. But... <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking yeah. about a game that come, came out like 30 years ago on the games of the month. Be quiet, Trent. We're going through the modern games, new stuff coming out. <laughs> uh, be quiet, Trent.
2: On, There's never on, new stuff coming out. We only play on the old May games.
1: twenty-five. On May twenty-five, Lord of the Rings Gollum apparently comes out. It's only been delayed like seventy-two times already. It probably be delayed again. So but sorry. in theory, it's coming out this month. And it, who is that it, for? <laughs> I don't know. People like Lord of the Rings. People like Gollum. People no. like stealth RPGs. You play as Gollum? Who cares? You play as Gollum. Is it like Gollum in the game? It's it's an RPG, stealth RPG. You need to like sneak in around and eat fish, I guess.
3: I've never seen anyone (laughs) who watched the Lord of the Rings movies (laughs) or read the books and was like, you know who I really want to (sighs) be? His you know what, Matt, Your your
2: description of that game made it unorotically <laughs> un- fun. Like, you just crawl around and eat fish. Like, imagine, like, a survival game where it's just, you just have to eat fish to make gold. Well, gold. has
0: Nippon Ichi got a game for
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> Moving cool, on.
3: License games this month.
1: If you like really terrible dialogue, Forspoken Intanto Retrust gets a is a DLC that's coming out on May 26th.
0: I feel like everyone needs to apologize to Forspoken because of how bad Redfall was. (laughs) <laughs> this Redfall dialogue is so much worse. And that game yeah. is also worse, so no one's paying it,
1: attention to it. It's it's like oh. Forspoken is suddenly not so bad because Redfall happened. Um I, I yeah. still don't <laughs> think anybody's going to play that because I can't imagine anybody is still a fan of Forespoken. But there you go. If you happen to be that one Forespoken fan out there that can't get enough of that high-quality dialogue, then uh you've got DLC coming. Yay. You have to respect so that releasing DLC on a game that has like mediocre reception because the developers well, they've have already made it, it so they might as well throw it out there. Mm. You know, that's the I thing I mean, it's
0: like how they did Babylon's Fall and like they had like the three seasons of a game that
1: had one player and it was Matt. <laughs> yeah, it was Matt and New Zealand Matt. We actually played it was together the we, were, we, were the, we were literally the only people on the game. Yeah. I was going to join in with you on that as well, and then you were you we missed out. It was actually it the server.
0: No, because the servers wouldn't let me play with you. That was the reason why. It was actually decent fun because like in, in a different country.
1: Yeah, yeah. To- if you could... tell me to piss off, <laughs> if, if if you could get a group together and just kind of ignore all this shit, then it was there, there was potential there. It could have been a good game. They just anyway, moving on. It's the exact same thing I said about Redfall. Company <laughs> Company Heroes Three Console Edition happens on PlayStation Five on May Ooh. thirty. So there you go. It's back. It's fun. The strategy, the World War thingy strategy game. Uh, on the 4. same, if on the same day, if you don't like shooting dudes, you have got Super Mega Baseball Four coming out, which I'm very much looking forward yes. to, even though it's now an EA game, which disappoints me. But
0: that series rocks. It's the best. I want to
1: believe. I want to believe that since being acquired, the developers are still good. So Super Mega Baseball Four, that would be fun. I hope, just not too much EA, please. And that's it for PlayStation. Yeah. Moving along, we've got on the Nintendo Switch on May nine, we've got Dokapon Kingdom Connect coming out on yeah May nine. That's um, a board game, but an RPG style board game yeah. which I've played a little bit of. It's it's decent. It's decent. You, if you like it, your digi-
0: it, it looks like a game that you would play with your friends who are already invested in RPGs
1: yeah like if you like your game you bring out to
0: play with your parents but like mario no, Pro, but not you would bring you... it out to like play with your mates who you know are big nerds
1: yeah if you've got people who like the rpg and um this is a way to kind of do that in a board game multiplayer setting which is decent it's it's decent fun um so far it might fall over in the weeks ahead or the days ahead as i play it to review but the early impressions i have of it are quite positive Here's just a question. It's a bit of a, a side step. How do you review a party game? I play it and then write words. <laughs> Thank you. That was, that was very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else is coming out? <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Um, no, I... I, no, I mean, didn't... it's fine. <laughs> I I, I dick. <laughs> to, to, to the mo- to for the most part, I play them single player and then try to imagine what it'd be like in multiplayer. Um, And then there are times where I will get additional codes and find somebody to play with um, when it's that kind of essential to play multiplayer. If there's no single player mode or whatever, I'll try and find somebody to play with. Uh, Otherwise, I'll have to wait till post-launch and then play online.
3: I get what you're saying, though, Alan. Sometimes it's impossible to tell if a party game is going to go off or not. Because you play it by yourself, you're like these mechanics are trash, and then you put people in the room, and it just becomes the
1: best game ever. Yeah, you got a... to play a whole to it becomes the greatest game of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to play a lot of them to kind of figure out whether that is the case when you're playing by yourself. Like there, are, for the most part, if a multiplayer game is only good in multiplayer, I can still tell even if I'm playing it single player just by kind of experience. But yeah you're totally right that some games just don't work as single-player games. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Fugar also comes out on the Switch. If you don't want to play it on X- uh, Game Pass or buy it on PlayStation, then you can buy it on your Switch as well. It works May 11. Uh, okay, May 11 as well. You've got Murderous Muses coming out on Switch, which is like an FMV-style game uh we've got a review up on digitally downloaded.net that you can check out it seems decent i didn't review it but if i get a chance i will definitely play it it does seem like it'll be good fun we've got family fun night coming out on switch on may 12 which is like a bunch of board games there you go that's alan's thing for sure why does that name make me make me so
3: just apprehensive about it
0: because no, i had the exact I... same reaction no exactly it's it's the same feeling as going into Target when you're like a
1: 12-year-old and going to the Wii section and seeing just shovelware. And you're like... Yeah. Oh. That's exactly what this thing is. Play 14 different games from Snakes and Ladders to Chess and four in a Hell row. Yeah, four in a row! Connect Four. That's the greatest game of all time. Yeah. So. It's, it's funny Best that we can make I fun of God. this,
3: but 51 Clubhouse Games also has Connect Four and it's lit. Oh, it's great. That's the best a really good I got from like I've a dumpster never heard that box sentence.
2: was was uh the you know, the Godzilla game on the GameCube and it was in the dumpster box at like a target like reject shop kind of vibe. It was great. Like don't knock these types of games.
0: I will. I will yeah, do it because yeah. I had to only ever get them because my parents were like, we're not paying 60 Australian dollars for you to jump as an Italian man. You're gonna get the game where you
1: <laughs> where you don't have fun. Yeah, the funniest miserable. thing is that there's fun in the title, Alan. Of course it's fun. <laughs> Family Fun it, Night. It is in the come... title. Family Fun Night comes out on the exact same day as the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm pretty sure Family <laughs> Fun Night is gonna outsell it. Like
2: <laughs> who's gonna win?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty Bold sure Family Nintendo Fun Night to is definitely gonna outsell it for sure. Yeah, so Zelda happens on May 12th, and there you go. That'll someone Photoshop someone photoshopped that image from joe's bizarre
0: adventure of um of uh general approaching dio <laughs> but
1: <it's just> fun <laughs> <time>. <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's oh, going to be yeah. a game that people play tears of the kingdom this is like when sure. when breath of the wild came <laughs> out, out for the switch. um
3: they also released one two switch on the same day and when i got my switch at launch mm. I got one two switch because I was an idiot and I was the only one playing or like trying to get people to play the stupid multiplayer games while everyone else was playing Zelda. It's going to be the same thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's Um, fine. Yeah. So Zelda, that's a thing that's happening. That'll be a game. It'll be a game. I think we can all
0: like just, we can ignore the fact that it's obviously just going to sell a shit ton and like, yeah. yeah, it'll be good.
1: Cool. moving on all right. so once <laughs> once we've all finished with Zelda which will only take a day or two you know that that'll be fine we'll be done yeah, with that you you that won't period. get out
2: this you get off the, what what what's what's the thing the sky zone or whatever the, what basically the new version of flood like, the plateau you'd be like yeah yeah I, I won't get there. i
1: won't get past the <laughs> tutorial that's for sure um on may 18 so a couple of days after zelda you've got winter's wish spirits of edo which is uh, a visual novel by idea factory this one is themed on the Sengoku area era, excuse me, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that a great deal. Is it Sengoku? No, it's actually it's so bit ambitious to Sen release Goku. a game. Um, it's I'm so looking forward to it a great a game deal. That close. I was going to say looks like... pretty, the, the 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 crossover I would imagine with Zelda is not exactly the you know the, the different audiences that these games are appealing to, so. Yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll do fine in that. It'll sell the 10 units that it needs to um, <laughs> to the 10 Atome fans out there. That's the entire audience for these games. And I'm sure this one will do fine. It looks great. The screenshots look gorgeous. And it looks very much like a Idea Factory p- premium premium quality visual novel. So that happens on May 18. We've also got Puzzle Bubble Every Bubble coming out on May 23. If you like your puzzle bubbles, yes, this is what I've been I waiting do. for. I do enjoy it a lot. <laughs> I've always got time for I... puzzle bubble, and uh, yeah, the new one comes out on May twenty three.
3: Was that game ever called Bubble Bubble at any point?
1: No, Bubble Bubble is yeah. the platformer. Oh, what Puzzle Bubble is the Buster Move. Yeah, yeah. So Puzzle Bubble is the puzzle game. Bubble Bubble is the original, which is a single screen platformer.
3: Oh, but they're the same kind arcade of, game, the same series or the same design,
1: same characters, same, same characters. characters, the same okay. two little dinosaurs like, doing their thing, but very different it's game. Just like,
0: imagine, imagine like Mario Kart versus Mario World. Oh, really?
1: Oh,
0: yeah, yeah same, same characters, just completely different game. Yeah,
1: i yeah. um, looking through the rest of the month. Everyone's run job. away from
0: Zelda.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. kizuna AI or AI AI A. I don't know how you pronounce the AI bit of her name, but that Kazuna character touched the beat. It comes out on Switch. I thought that was a VR only thing.
3: I could have saw that came out for something
1: it's... else, like last month. Yeah, VR. It's on PlayStation as a VR game, but it's coming out on Switch, so obviously not VR in that case. It's a rhythm game starring the original VTuber, I guess. Is that what people classify her as, a VTuber?
3: No. Well, yes. No? I mean, by digital definition, celebrity? yes, that's what she is. But no one calls her it's a VTuber. It's a weird situation.
1: Yeah. The original digital celebrity, I guess. After Miku.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, um, that's a real concession there, Matthew.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, whatever sh- whatever she is... She's got a rhythm game and that's coming out on Switch. I will definitely play that uh, because I have a thing for rhythm games with digital celebrities. And yeah, why not? Don't have the PlayStation VR, so I might as well play it on Switch. That comes out on May twenty-five. I'm looking forward to that. And that's it. So let's have a quick look at Xbox. See if anything's happening there. They need something to recover from Redfall, right? I love that we have a box. Um, so updates. small that
3: Matt goes to Xbox. <laughs> Well,
1: it's all. This is like, shocking. Zelda. <laughs> the, the amount of disdain that you had in your tone just then. <laughs> There's an Amnesia game coming out on Xbox. Oh, the on May twenty three. Yeah. That'll be fun. The Amnesia:
3: The Horror series or Amnesia: The Ultimate series? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, not <laughs> which the is also novel. a horror series. The, but... hor- <laughs> the horror series. Yeah, the the horror series. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that was happening. So there you go. Oh, here we go. That'd be good. Railway Empire Two comes out on Xbox on may 25 that's the simulation game where you build trains train networks and the cities grow up around the train networks so that's pretty good fun but yeah other than that nothing there to save the xbox from redfall that was meant to be their big release for the next month i guess that's not going to happen i'm going
0: to try and stop dogging redfall for a moment and just say how disappointing that game actually was because god damn, it looked cool and the idea was sick
2: it looks cool. What? No, I no, like, I, the called, Lord, I called. I called it
1: day me. one, Alan. I said it was going to be terrible. Nobody listened yeah. to me. People should learn to listen to me. I'm always right.
2: <laughs> it looks like they took a concept of like a great style game and then just like, oh, the Xbox needs like, like, I, it felt felt like the B tier game which they developed for Xbox after making what was the one they made for the PlayStation? Uh uh, De- uh, De- uh Dead, Loop. So it feels like they made Deathloop and then like, oh, we, we'll have like, you know, a few developers make this thing for the Xbox and it's trash. Like, but that's wasn't, how it always looked like.
3: Wasn't Deathloop extremely good, though?
2: Yes, definitely. It was
3: extremely good.
1: Deathloop oh, was
2: not, it was okay. <laughs> but like, that's it was um, way
1: better than Red. That's a massively overrated developer that is. And I'm so glad people are finally realizing that with Redfall. Oh, I like them. You guys have fun. <laughs> There is one other game <laughs> I wanted to. There is one other game oh, I wanted gosh. to mention. Um, it comes out actually on June one, but know, yeah, that's basically this month. Um, Etrian Odyssey Co- Origins Collection comes out. Oh, yeah, is it one, two, three, the four? Three, the three Etrian Odyssey games, I believe. Um, There's four of them, though. Yeah, yeah, but this is just the first three. Oh, uh, remade for Switch, so the original. I mean, Etrian Odyssey was a dual screen thing for the DS, and then later 3DS. Um. <laughs> So, how that's going to work on the Switch, I don't quite know as yet. But if you they little, manage like, to make it a screen, it's yeah. If they meant, if they manage to make it work alright, then that'll be good because those are very good dungeon crawlers, and I'll definitely be up for a collection of those. So that's June one. Do you know all if right. it's um, untold or if it's just the originals? Um, no idea. Hmm. Absolutely zero idea. So I'll uh, find out when I play them, I guess. <laughs> if you get an all anime right, um... story, it's untold. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Uh, pick pick your game of the month. Let's start with Alan. What's your game of the month? You play one.
0: I'm probably going to cop out. I've already pre-ordered Zelda because I know I'm going to enjoy Zelda. Yeah, uh, that, was it. that was all I needed to say. <laughs> I, I will say, though, there's been a game that came out this month that I think everyone should play and I think it's probably even better. Than any other games that I've seen in a while. It's called Tape to Tape, and imagine Slave Spire crossed with a nineteen nineties hockey game. What? Okay. So everyone, everyone should play Tape to Tape. It's really good. Okay. Get out today. Do it. Yeah. Okay. It's it's phenomenal. Please, I I bought it this afternoon. Played it for like an hour and a half. I was like, this is really good. So play that, everyone. Don't buy Zelda. Play Tape to Tape.
1: Very good, Alan. We'll do so. Trendy. It's the most ridiculous from
2: ever. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying, <laughs> like, it's not the greatest game. Well, 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 we all know I'm all for Zelda. I've got, like, the Collector's Edition pre-ordered. I've got the Switch pre-ordered. But, like, to pick a game which is, like, out of the list, which isn't Zelda, even though we all know I'm just going to be playing Zelda, I'm going to go with that Humanities game. Like, it looks weird every time I look at the actual gameplay, but when I look at the description of the game, it sounds like it's something to be up my alley. So,
1: yeah. It really does seem weird. Like in, in a good way. I am looking forward to trying it. It could go either way. It could be a terrible thing, but it does look intriguing. I agree. I'm I'm definitely the eternal in that cylinder game. vibes. It gives you what now?
0: The eternal cylinder vibes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know that what I mean, like of... it's a bit
0: weird and confusing, and I don't really know what it is, but it's a game.
1: Yeah, and hopefully, it's a good one. Yeah, Harvard.
3: Uh, I'm gonna follow in the, my pattern of not playing Zelda until way, way, way later, and probably play Upon Kingdom Connect because I feel like as JRPG fans we are very antisocial. So anything that tries to connect the genre with like other human beings is is interesting
1: to me. Cool. Let's play Harvard.
3: We'll yeah, play multiplayer. Does, do you
1: know if an online? We'll be social.
2: Does it have online? Sorry. Platform? Do you know if Yeah, it it's all online. All it online. has online. Yeah,
1: online cool. play. Um, Because it's a board game. It'd be a bit pointless if it didn't have multiplayer, right? Uh, but I, f- I find that
3: board games on Switch in local actually works quite well. Yes. I've enjoyed it true. every time they've done it.
1: That is true. Uh, but this one also has multiplayer online. So you can definitely play online, which is good. Um, and for me, I will definitely not be playing Zelda at all. I hate Zelda. Zelda's terrible. <laughs> Boo Zelda. Gonna give I'm gonna give Zelda a, a three out of five just to have the fun of dealing with Zelda fans on my website for months and months and months afterwards. Definitely doing that. That is that is already you... locked in stone. 100% That is possible. How do you do that to yourself? Well, because yeah. I am a glutton for punishment. I mean I like Pokemon. I had the dare I, I dared to like Pokemon and now I'm out for revenge. I'm gonna not like Zelda. <laughs> like Tap Tap Revenge. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, could use the could use the traffic boost. No, um I'll uh, uh, the game I'm looking forward to the most is just Kizuna. the way in which you just said that. <laughs> Kizuna, I, I'm definitely gonna play that one. Um because yeah, I like rhythm games, as we all know. Rhythm games are my jam. And especially when they have Miku like characters, that's a bonus as well. So yeah, that's my pick. I love that for the first time
3: in like three years, we finally get a quiet month. And it's because Zelda comes out, so
1: no one else wants to release a game. No, you're not Zelda. That is absolutely not true, Harvard. Family Fun night comes out. (laughs)
2: This is true. That dares to
0: bite
1: amongst that the that is stars. taking on Zelda face to face. Matt, I'd say you to
2: just review Family Fun Night <laughs> and like post it as a Zelda review or something and have it like a 10 out of 10 or something. Like just just go all in you know, on Family Fun Night.
0: <laughs> it's been planned all along. The family fun was inside us
1: all this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the same day that there's like 150 reviews on metacritic for zelda there's going to be one review of family fun night and that's going to be me
2: matt types it up on twitter as all like hey guys i'm <laughs> dropping the like latest game review the embargo is like out tonight it's gonna to be on the website live and it's like family fun night <laughs>
0: So one of the most undoubtedly giant releases I think we can probably all agree coming out, I guess probably after Zelda is the brand new video game known as Final Fantasy 16 directed by Yoshi P and created by a team of people who seem to really know what they're doing based off their track record of games. Um, I think it's really exciting. I think everyone should be kind of a little bit excited about it. If you are even remotely interested in, you know, RPGs in general I think it looks really really cool but it actually prompted us all to think on the old DDNet Slack about what the moments are that we would define as extremely Final Fantasy the best moments from Final Fantasy that we hold near and dear because there's always that fear with a new Final Fantasy that's taking a new direction is that it's going to lose some of that magic but I think barring like one or two of them for me they all have had moments where I've been like oh yeah that's good I like that. So as uh, get started, Matt, what's your defining sort of like Final Fantasy moment? What's the one that you think about when you think about
1: Final Fantasy for you? Yeah, my very favorite one. And I've kind of gone through this again because of the Pixel Remaster series. So I've been playing through mm. a bunch of the Final Fantasies, the old ones, uh, again, yet again. I don't know how many times I'll keep replaying them, I guess, as long as Square Enix keeps releasing them. But yeah, for me, the, the very my very favorite final fantasy moment of all is final fantasy 4 where um dark knight cecil goes up the mountain um and kind of faces off against himself and is reborn as a paladin so he goes from being that kind of uh tool of the vicious empire to becoming that virtuous kind of knight and that that moment um for me it's just an incredible bit of Phenomenal. storytelling yeah, like if you think it's about really it, it was good. the first first Final Fantasy on the Super Nintendo. So it was like the first of that next era for Final Fantasy. And they come out with this just incredible piece of storytelling where, you know, you go through the rebirth and you have that moment where you kind of face off against your mirror and you, you're reborn as that level one paladin. So you've gone through like 10, not, not 10 hours, maybe it was 10 10 hours depends how fast you play for but me as a child you, you, it
4: was yeah you go
1: through you go you go through a lot of gameplay to get to that point you level your character up very carefully he's up to a very high level and very powerful and he's reborn as a level one character and, and kind of very weak but now he's on a noble quest and just that moment is just it sticks in your brain um as a, as a really is great it- piece of just storytelling and for me that is what Final Fantasy is about so uh, yeah, that that's definitely my favourite Final Fantasy moment of all. I think it's actually really cool
0: because the old games kind of get left out of discussion quite a lot, and I think people forget that 4 is actually really, really good. Because um, I was going to say, my, one of my first ever moments as a child playing a Final Fantasy game was the 4 remake on the GBA. Oh, the and 3D one? The red, mm. No, the the GBA one, which is just a... It's oh, a, the GBA I'm, one, sorry. yeah, 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 one yeah, is yeah. There. yeah. With with the rubicante stuff that they had at the end um for fun um but the the first scene where they're on the 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 ship the airship and the red wings theme is playing and as a kid i'm like oh my god it's like star wars it's cool <laughs> i like the music and then i found out when i was older that they all stole that from mars by holst so i was like okay that's why it sounded like that <laughs> so i think that's actually like four is full of great moments and uh, I mean, this is my little call to action for everyone who's not played 4. Go out and get it, because it does hold up. And it well, is four's, really
1: good. 4 is a really complex game in a lot of ways, in terms of its story, because it has so many characters kind of coming in and leaving as well. Like, it's heartbreaking even, when you don't have the ones that you love. Yeah, <laughs> even, even to this day, RPGs are generally the rule is the party that you have early on is kind of the party you stick with. But 4 kept kind of taking characters in and dropping them out, having them die as such, and then you know, bringing new characters in. And it was just, yeah, if they if they die. Spoilers, can you do spoilers for a game that's like right. 40 years old? But um, yeah, it, it was just a really complex kind of use of characters and, and party narrative, which was really quite epic. And it does definitely, like you say, hold up today because it is still in a lot of ways very unique in terms of the way it tells its story. I can't think of many other games that just have party members come and go like Final Fantasy IV does.
0: Even how early it was as well, because that game was made before I was born. And mm. like it's still really bloody good and well-written and the translation isn't really a problem. Like I don't remember it being a problem in the GBA. I know the original had a bit of issues,
3: but
1: yeah, force the spoon I assume game, that's Yes, force force the, the speedbiker. <laughs> yeah. They keep that in now. Since though, I just thought it was a good
0: line. I <laughs>
1: yeah. Know yeah, it works. It, I don't it, it's just this, like it's this grandpa insult, right? It, it works as these yeah. old guys insulting yeah. this dude. It, it, I like it. I think it's great. And this man it's has good never said a swear in his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's really pissed off because his, like, daughters died because of this guy, but he can't swear he's too polite, so he just calls him a spoony bard. It's great. I'm so glad they've kept that. I've never felt the need to retranslate that line because it's, it's a good line.
2: No, there needs to be line. a remake where he's all, like, boomeristic now and jaded on life and, you know, young people don't know what they have and he needs to be that aggression in a remake.
0: They <laughs> just need to say horrible slows about minorities to be truly realistic. Needs to be the um the
1: Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy
0: 4 edition. Dark soldier. No, stop it, because I would love
1: that. They really should do a Stranger no, of Paradise for every Final it. Fantasy okay, game. Final every Fantasy. Final Fantasy game needs a Stranger He's of Paradise. You have no idea right? how much I would love that for Final Fantasy 10. I would
0: simply poop my pants.
3: <laughs> it's like an extremely muscled, muscled dude punching Sin in the
1: face. As hard as he can, repeatedly. Okay so Alan, speaking of final Fantasy 10 I'm pretty sure that's going to be one of your moments.
0: Yeah, I mean I I don't want to spoil it, but it is
1: a game that came out
0: literally 21 years ago, 22 years ago, whatever you can spoil um, it. I think there's, no, there's a it. big
1: spoiler alert on this podcast so yeah I go ahead spoil away um, yeah
0: <laughs> I mean I think the realization that you're playing a ghost, I think that's pretty neat. Every game should have a moment where you realize you're playing a ghost. I think that's
1: just fun and interesting. Oh, so not the laugh scene. I thought the laugh scene was going to be no, your moment, Alan.
0: No, because you're going to make fun of it. And I'm going to bring it up because I don't want to waste <laughs> my time on childish behavior like that. That's, that's so funny
3: because in any <laughs> other medium, like in a film or a novel, main
0: character being a ghost the whole time, it's like a bad twist. So, how does it work I'm in this sense? Because you have no idea because <laughs> you don't know because you think you're just from the future it's just great I, I think it's wonderful it's such a weird rug pull because then you realise oh wait when I when I win the game it's
1: not just the player that, leaving the when world you think it's about the it, main that, character leaving the world <laughs> that, when, you think, when you think about it that reflects really badly on Una though because like because yeah, she chose a ghost well the, there's that scene which is they go swimming in the pool together which is quite obviously a metaphor for a very different thing that kind of makes her a necrophile, right?
0: No, but like, no, but Bill Murray got his dick sucked in Ghostbusters <laughs> by a ghost, so like, it's fine. If it's
1: good for Bill Murray, it's good for you know. Oh,
0: this line is not playing in any other circumstance.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great moment though. I, I really enjoy that game. That game is full of wonderful moments. Also, just killing Seymour and then having him come back every second, like. You know, hour of the game and be he like, "I'm here. back again." It's like did we yeah. kill you last time? And he we was like, "No, you. not entirely." I love that. He's back again,
1: but he's got less arms. It also, it also has that. It also has that scene where Riku takes the the um, swimsuit thing off. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a good. You no, know
0: she's fifteen. It's quite a lot.
1: Yeah, but we remember not we're like all right. very young not back okay. when the game came out, so it was okay. Yeah. But... <laughs> Also, oh,
4: is
3: a character that just throws oh, volleyball what's... at
0: people and that's just his whole role for the whole game. And being a massive KKK racist. What? <laughs> for no reason. That's oh, actually yeah, he my was favorite a racist. is the
3: I forgot he was a racist.
0: I, I know, I really love the part where he's he's consoling Riku whose hometown is just blown up by saying boom like happy fireworks show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back, that's my favorite moment of that game. <laughs> that's the best one. That's phenomenal. I forgot about it. I uh yeah. Speaking
3: of you forgetting about things, Alan, how often do you think about Kimari? I
1: who? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that, that is the most uh perfect way to talk about that character because absolutely right. nobody remembers him, even yeah. though he has like the most horrible scene in the whole game. And um yeah, he, he goes through serious trauma, that guy, but everyone's like, who?
3: I love that. there's a character in Final Fantasy X who's just role His role among the fan base is just to be forgotten,
1: as he should. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) Harvard. Yeah. Pick a a scene before we. Um. Book
0: Mario gets brought up again. It's too much attention. (laughs) I. So this
3: is a bit of a, a bit of a cliche in the Final Fantasy series now. But I love all those moments when a character who started off being your ally then comes back as a villain and you need to fight them as a boss. And I think the game that does this the best is Tactics. I don't know if this counts, but there's quite a few characters in Tactics who like start off as your friends, but then because of various political things, you have to fight them as a boss. And it's cool because they're kind of like support characters for you when you're when you're just learning the game they're really strong so you rely on them and then they leave your party and you get to fight them and you're like oh no this guy's really strong how do i beat him that it's just relying on before it's just such an interesting strategic moment and it works really well in the context of the narrative as well i think final fantasy you're talk- sometimes <clears throat> you're,
1: you're talking about tactics tactics right not advanced no, yeah, ta- uh the ps1 original War yeah the original tactics. Yeah. yeah yeah good game that- excellent very smart yeah rainy,
3: tactics advance actually
1: also does this too but that it's it's a good trick Yeah yeah absolutely you're totally I, um... right like tactics is a brilliant game in general um way smarter than i think people remember it as people re- excuse me people remember it as a really good game uh and you know great tactics but i don't know if people remember it as being like super 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 smart uh but it is I mean it, it... It has
0: my favorite ever quote from Final Fantasy, which is "If the punishment for crime is a fine, it's only a crime for the poor." I know. I think know. that's an like... image hack. I don't
3: think someone actually says that.
2: Uh, no, that's, that's. Are you in sure? The game, no, no, it's I
3: definitely in there. Oh, I,
1: I remember yeah. it being there. Unless it's like this Shazam moment where everybody's like.
3: There might have been this meme where a bunch of leftist quotes were being inserted into the game for fun, like just, on, just on, like fake oh. screenshots. But it also does infected. sound like something that exists
1: in that game. I 100% um, have a memory of that quote being in the game, but it yeah. has been a very long time and I could be Shazam in it. <laughs> I've just been, uh, I've allowed myself to be convinced that it's in there, but I i, I could have sworn it was a genuine quote.
2: Maybe it's from a superior version, advanced. <laughs>
4: no, now, no, it's in yeah, the same now.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm I pretty sure it's there. It. Yeah. I'm gonna have well, to. No, you're gonna you know, like have to know about doesn't Actics. exist
0: in game. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exist in the game, apparently. But it does. It, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I can't believe anyone anymore. Yeah, in the in this in the soul of our hearts. <laughs>
2: You know, I feel like it's like, you know, like the end gene or whatever, end game, a Macca's like ScoMo, like doing this shit, like in Macca's kind of thing. Like it's fake, but like we, we all collectively believe- agree it happened. Yes.
1: Yeah, we we yes. all collectively agree that it has actually happened. Yeah. Speaking of Final Fantasy Tactics, Trent, what's your favourite yeah. fantasy, yeah. fantasy <laughs> yeah. Here we well, go. What's it going to be? Well,
2: it's the snowball scene. Now everyone fights me on this and picks on me, but it is good storytelling. It's a good introductory like, like way to like uh isolate you from what the main game will eventually be and teach you tactics and it's fun like why can't more games be like that
3: i genuinely love tactic advance like i i don't get i I think it's it's hard because final fantasy tactics original was so so good that it's hard for the rest of the series to live up to it but tactics advance was an excellent game
1: I don't think anybody has a bad thing to say about Tactics Events, though. Like, um, oh, they do. They do. Really? Because yeah. it's not like,
0: it's not right. Like, it's not the the right the sequel to it. Yeah. I mean, I know like, it's, it's not a real
3: Idolus game. It's like a virtual world Idolus game. Yeah. And it's teenagers. I know that,
1: I mean, I know the DS one got a lot of heat because it was basically just a retread of Tactics Events and it wasn't nearly kind of oh, uh, yeah. enough of an stupid. evolution. But, I thought everybody liked Tactics Advance. I thought it was just one of those games everyone agreed on. Well, then re-release it. No, <laughs> they, no should re-
2: they, they should do like, like a game. remake with like the new 2D, 5D art style thing and make a like proper Tactics Advance store or like remake. That would be should keep it exactly the same. <laughs> you
1: can't yeah, see no, they I'm don't pointing need to, my finger at the no, screen no, right now
3: i'm pointing at square enix
1: keep it the same they, they do not need to mess with that one no, they, they don't need to hd2d at i agree they just need to re-release it you know just put it on the game boy just, virtual console yeah it's there the do it. yeah just do it stop making us emulate it, square enix yeah don't change we the want font to play it legit. <laughs> we don't change the font yes exactly so no, what's annoying i only have
2: things. a game boy macro or a um a game boy advance so i don't have an sp and i'm the game boy advance is way too tiny like old and crappy screen to see things on and the game boy um micro like it's like i'm way too old to like play on that i thought it would be cool and like hip and i'm like yes i'll buy the you know that instead of an sp and yeah, yeah how big is the game boy micro it's like the palm of your hand isn't it's it it's tiny it's, no, it's yeah,
1: smaller it's than screen, that.
2: Smaller than that?
1: The screen is tiny, yeah. It's, it's a very tiny, small console. Tiny. It's like it was designed to be like a card. It was, it was basically designed to be like a keychain thing. You just, Did you say uh, the size of a credit card? Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: That's so small.
0: What? It's unnecessarily small. It's unplayably small.
3: <laughs> just because they could doesn't mean they should.
1: It was it's more like a fashion statement Nintendo than... A... Is... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it the was Dennis more few
1: years
0: decided that instead of having their games be playable they just say
1: yeah you can like wear it yeah that's exactly right it was a style thing rather than a console to play anyway moving on it um, was the style of the time <laughs> squinting here's a, style here, of the time here's another cool. scene final fantasy 6 the opera scene opera. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: You, you got, got it it's really good yeah i
3: love that and final Fantasy six is full of moments where people like feel are like, genuinely beautiful because that's not even the the only one that has the reputation
0: no that game is just really good i mean you <laughs> can't ever go past suplexing a train <laughs> like
1: that's just really strong in general it's like and again it's pretty complex in terms of the way it does its characters and stuff because it has branching storylines and you're constantly kind of going off with different groups doing their thing um but yeah for, for me that opera scene was just an absolute standout moment um and one of the reasons i guess that i don't know I, i'd be a little bit concerned if they were to ever remake Final Fantasy 6, like if they were to do a full remake of Final Fantasy 6, they could do that opera scene and make it really incredible, right? But at the same time, would it be, if that makes sense? Because part of the appeal of it, I think, was the fact that they managed to somehow represent opera in that 16-bit form before they had voice acting <laughs> and all those impressive. things to use. Yeah, it's impressive yeah. the way but- they thought about how to make opera work on the format if that makes sense so a remake would possibly undermine that a bit coming now in stranger of paradise final
3: Fantasy
1: VI. that being said i would definitely like to see that opera turned into that. a full opera i would i would go and see the full opera they umetsu should just like so... do the whole thing like he should just make the whole opera and then people go and watch the opera that would be good. I really want
0: to watch Jack walk into the opera scene and then say, <laughs> this sucks! And then put on, like, Limp Biscuit.
1: <laughs> he's he's like, <all> right. <laughs> He I was such a that. troll, he's Jack.
0: I, he's such a good character. I love how those, like, Final Fantasy tweets that were all like, pick your favourite mage, pick your favourite warrior. It was always like three, like, really famous characters from Final Fantasy and then Jack as well was there. <laughs> <And> then Jack. <laughs> Jack is the
1: ultimate troll character. He's great. He's the best moment of any fun Fantasy game. He's a moment, he, it, he, he, he's he's a a moment all by Zach himself.
0: To... <laughs> actually, now moving on to my my big one as well is the the best character in that entire Final Fantasy series of seven games and movies, whatever. 100. percent The end of Crisis Core, phenomenal, actually phenomenal. One of the best oh. endings of an RPG, I think, ever. I really it doesn't make that. you cry.
1: Did it not really make you cry? It Alan? Did Cry. It's was it crying seriously, it's tear, tear jerking shit. It's, it's really hard. Yeah, it makes me sad. It, it, it hits the, you right the, in the, the feels. It does. Of the music,
0: yeah. and then the way that the game falls apart around you, and you're like, "Oh, oh
1: you're not living." <laughs> sad. <laughs> That's oh, you're not living. Mean, yeah, that that moment is definitely a sad. It's
0: it's really but, well done. It's such a good moment. And actually, the fact,
1: but in all seriousness, the fact that they kind of finish with that because generally speaking, Final Fantasy is kind of uplifting, right? It's like, save the world, save the universe, get the girl, all those kinds of things. But this one was like... No. No, you it's die. It's done. <laughs> yeah. It's all You're over. Dumb, so. You know? You, you just spent 20 hours or whatever with this dude, and he's gone, mate. So, yeah, it's definitely... You know, the worst a... thing is, some crybaby
0: weirdo is going to be pretending he's you for the next, like, 30 years. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, and it's gonna
4: suck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. you're right. That that is that is a, definitely a, a moment in Final Fantasy.
3: It's so bizarre to me that really? Final Fantasy 7 compilation was just Final Fantasy 7 making an unexpectedly large amount of money, and Square Enix going, "We're gonna make everything," and they just happen to make Crisis Core incredible. Yeah, well, they like, had
0: oh shit! We actually made a good game.
1: Whoops. Yeah, they it wasn't the they plan. had they've had some dodgy moments like um of Server as well. Advent Children not was a great What, game what are you talking about? No, that game rocks. That's phenomenal. It's <laughs> art. art. You see how many belts that
0: man has? That's more belts than I can count. That's a lot of belts. I love that. Good for the him. <laughs> I mean, I love the, Vincent. The, the, Vincent's, Vincent's great,
3: design but too, where the, the belts were cool whereas now the belts are just a joke. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah vincent i liked vincent as a character in final fantasy 7 but they they did not do my boy good justice with Durga Cerberus. what are you cool. talking about he has so many cool moments in dodger Cerberus, like when he's I'm sitting in forward, the window.
0: i am like,
1: looking forward to him showing up in the remake that's going to be an interesting moment yeah, that'd be cool dodger Cerberus yeah. is
0: like the shadow the hedgehog of the final fantasy 7 series
1: I love that. Yes, 100%. The <laughs> most accurate you've ever been in any situation. That's phenomenal. Speaking all that helps <laughs> Speaking speaking of Final Fantasy 7 remake though. That that game has its fair share of moments as well. Um for me the dance scene in that that game is just spectacular. I don't know Have you actually has anybody actually played that other than me here? No. no. That... I I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. It's good, it? Was cool. wasn't it? Same writer as um, yeah, was... Stranger of Paradise, and you can tell. Yeah, you can tell because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's <laughs> just wonderful. He just likes to kind of rip these games apart, which is great. Now, what I really liked about Final Fantasy VII, the uh, remake in general, is the, kind of the way it... Because for the original Final Fantasy VII was very deterministic. You know, it was all about fate and all those kinds of things. Um, the the storyline, and it was... It was you know um, that kind of very traditional Final Fantasy approach to storytelling. Final Fantasy VII really remake really undermines a lot of that. Um, kind of subverts it. It kind of puts a different twist on it. So even though it's the same general storyline, the way it goes about it is is very different and um, very thought provoking. I th- thought it was anyway. So yeah, it, w- it was great. And they made Jesse a major think, character too, which was a great thing. I
0: think the Jesse's my favorite. I love Jesse. Different.
1: Jessie's the best Final Fantasy character. She just exists. <laughs> She's permanently thirsty, like 24 7. She exists to die. <laughs> she, she exists to die. Yeah. I hope she. They, yeah. they need to find some way of her not dying. Like, I don't know how they can do it, but they need to do it because they need to bring her back because she adds a very important quality to the game. What,
3: which is just thorniness. thirst.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very <laughs> horny game. Yeah, just... Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake is surprisingly horny. The whole thing is, like, constantly have the have, have these little moments where things are just, like, thirsty. <laughs> I it's love it. Yeah, it's a very thirsty game. I um was thinking as well,
0: another moment of low-key, this, like, hype is uh, running around in that one city in 12 and shouting, I am Bosch von Ronsenberg. Fear me. <laughs> While playing as the tiniest boy of all time who sucks. (laughs) And it makes me really happy. Like I think about that scene a lot. And for those of you who haven't played 12, you play as an absolute dweeb. And he sucks and he's awful.
1: That's not and and consent. Is the coolest
4: what I love about Final
1: Fantasy 12 is like the the main protagonist (laughs) is Van, and he is an absolute dweeb. But and he's not even the, main the game, <laughs> even even the game real, realizes that he's a dweeb. Okay. So like after the first hour, he becomes like this background character that's not important at all. He's it's, just oh, kind of. We've got all the really there. important
0: power makers here. We've got Ash. We've got Bar. Yeah, we've got Balthier. We've got a prince. Also, Vance <laughs> here and Penelope's here too. I don't know. They're just here. Just uh, here. They're just tagging <laughs> along. <laughs> it's great. Really yeah. strong. More game just characters that do not matter at all. And Just take a the I know. Just random guys, just little dudes.
1: It exists. It's like Ricky in, in Xenoblade. We want more random little guys. <laughs> but the thing is, like, Final Fantasy XII is a really good game. I really like it. Like, when I list my favorite Final Fantasy games, it's generally up the top. But weirdly enough, that one, I don't think I have a particularly favorite scene, if that makes sense. Sounds as like whoa, like.
0: It all no, just kind of rolls together sure. into
1: this really good game. I, I, I love it from start to finish, but there's not really any particular scene that I love from it.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I, I really enjoy the the chats that Ash and uh, Barsh have. I think they're really good. But it's like, again, yeah. there's no specific scene that I think of there. It's just a nice scene. Also the fact that yeah. the opening cutscene is as sick as it is. I think yeah, this, this yeah. also goes out to every single opening cutscene of every single Final Fantasy game. Because I don't know about you, but watching like Sin destroy Zenek and B of 10, phenomenal. Watching the beginning war bit that is just again Star Wars for twelve. Watching 13's cutscene in the opening, which is probably the only good bit of thirteen. Pushing the car and the 13 15. is a
1: very good game. How dare you? How dare yeah. you, Alan? Naughty. In the corner, uh, yeah. I'll, get I'll get the and corner, play that and, yeah. I'll stay in the, <laughs> in the corner. Get in the corner. Get where where is my Final Fantasy 13 remake? Put Can it I on the screen, please.
3: What? Because I don't know I'm this firsthand, and I'm guessing that no one else here knows this firsthand, and also most people listening will not know this firsthand. What was the feeling of getting to the point in Final Fantasy 13 when the world opened up? Like, was it freeing? Was it everything you ever
1: wanted? No, it was exactly kind of the opposite. That became the drag of the game for me. Really? Yeah, that was a real job to get through because I was enjoying the fact it was linear. Um, Because, I mean, people forget that Final Fantasy X, for example, was a super linear game as well.
3: I mean, all of them are. Seven's
1: fairly linear. Eight's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, but in the sense that Final Fantasy 13 was a corridor, a literal corridor, which people always complain about, that you're just moving through a, a, just a, a straight line. You do the same in Final Fantasy X. so well I was in, in 10 That's the difference. I it's, was a in, line. I, I was it's a twisty I was enjoying the line. fact that you did that. Um, it, it didn't bother me. I was moving from cutscene to cutscene. I was enjoying the characters. I was enjoying the, the, the general pacing of the thing. The revelations were coming at a good rate. I was making progress at a good pace. Uh, if things were happening in a way that I was enjoying and then you get to this big open bit and it's like, okay, well now I'm just going to spend 20 hours running around fighting dudes and not making progress. And then after you get past that bit, then it goes back to the linear pro- approach where things start to happen at a good rate again. So it just became this moment or this mo- this, this chunk of time that was chewing up. Um, and you weren't making progress through the stuff that you were playing to that point the whole game was meant to be this linear narrative thing and then all of a sudden it wasn't so for me that was the that was the down moment of the whole game I couldn't get out of that bit fast enough
3: that's an interesting take I so my pee about JRPGs and Final Fantasy is very guilty of this is when people tell you to play something and then you get about 20 hours in and they're like oh it's just about to open up so when I was playing Final Fantasy 13 I think I was playing it with the mindset of the the linear bit is like the narrative prologue to set things up, and then when I get to the open bit, that's when the game really starts to open up. If,
1: if they want to do an open bit, I, I have no problem inherently with the game being open in its design, like Final Fantasy fifteen, for example, was is an open world game, and I got along with it just fine. Um, but for yeah, if you you need to be consistent, either mm. have that linear story. Or have that open experience. One or the other. Don't go, okay, so this is going to be a linear experience for 20 hours, and then all of a sudden it's going to be this open thing for 20 hours and then you're going to go back to a linear story for the next 10 and then finish the game. Just make it a, a linear it's, game from to start to guns. finish. Yeah. yeah. My issue was 13, if you was want like, to then if you want this, to then go yeah. and do if you if you want to then go and do an open thing, then great, fine. Make it a sequel. Do you know Final Fantasy 13 2 or whatever? So yeah. Yeah, I, I really like Final Fantasy 13, but I couldn't stand that open bit.
3: I was constantly thinking, just when does this game start? Because, you know, with with seven, the game starts, well, you feel like it starts when you leave Midgar, right? When you get to the open the open world, and then you can go around and do so. It's probably the reason why I also can't really get into Remake, is because my brain thinks Midgar is the, the opening. So, for me, Final Fantasy 13 had a 35-hour long opening. I was like, this is too long. When does the game start?
1: Yeah and I mean they didn't they didn't do themselves favors by still having like new elements of the game introduced 20 hours in and you're still doing tutorials and stuff all that time um they did kind of drip feed that stuff out a bit slowly but again for me the only reason I was so invested in Final Fantasy 13 was because of the characters and the narrative I found found it all fascinating and great and I enjoyed the characters and Vanille was the best character of all time and stuff um you know-
0: Matt, I'm I'm really glad that you found joy in that game because you may have been the only one. And no, no, lovely. it's
1: been it it is part of the I Final think that's Fantasy. Joyous. No, I'm telling you right now, this is the Final Fantasy trend. The game comes out, and this has been the case since Final Fantasy X. The game comes out, and people are generally critical of it at the time. Um, but then over time, people reassess their opinions of it, and you know, a decade later, it becomes this game that people realize is quite good so that happened with final Mm. fantasy 10 that happened with final fantasy 12 that happened with final that is happening with final fantasy 13 now you go and look and there's a lot of people that would like to see that thing come out as a collection on the switch or whatever 15 is going to be the next one it's it will i'm pretty sure given another eight or nine years when they do a re-release or whatever whatever it'll be uh reassessed as being a pretty good game overall I want to anyway. believe
0: you, but I don't know if that's going to
1: happen. And I'm pretty sure Final but, Fantasy XVI will be the same. It'll come out. Everyone will hate it. It'll be the worst thing right, ever. And then 20 years later, it'll be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. It's going to happen. Guaranteed. That's I'm so predicting funny. it now. Predicting the- it now. It's going to piss off people, especially the hardcore fans. It's going to piss yeah, them off good. big time. And then they'll love it a decade later.
3: Alan, when you were saying that 16 is coming out, I think just living through the period where 15 was in development, my brain was like, nah, it's not coming out. It's not gonna come out. I think it's that's not- fair enough. It hasn't been 15 yeah. years yet.
0: Yeah. We haven't had versus 13 2 yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had Crystal Chronicles 3. To be honest, oh. I'm, I'm
1: kind of expecting Final Fantasy 16 to be more like The Last Remnant 2, to be honest. I you want just to be like more the guy. that's the vibe You're, I'm getting. Just that's the like vibe that guy. I'm getting. Yeah, the director, same director. It is. I will admit, Reology. kind of weird to see it go back to fantasy.
3: I feel like Final Fantasy has, for so long, been this weird, bizarre sci-fi thing that it's weird seeing it go back to original fantasy.
1: I I like that. I'm glad they did that. To be honest, it's nice. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm really, I'm very much pumped for Final Fantasy sixteen, but I do think it is going to be a significant diversion from. What we've seen from final fantasy in the past which is the point i mean final fantasy was was always kind of the series that square nix experimented with they took big risks with to do different things each time it, that's always been the case like final fantasy 8 was a huge change from final fantasy 7 pissed a lot of people off at, at the time um final <laughs> well, fantasy 10 was so a different thing final fantasy... <laughs> final fantasy final fantasy 12 like really different things with the combat system, which people didn't like at the time and has since been re- reassessed. Final Fantasy 13 was a huge creative risk, which Alan didn't like but people with good taste do. Um And I'm pretty sure I Final Fantasy 16 was the real same. 13. Final Fantasy 16 will be much the same. So Dragon Quest is a series that is very traditional game after game. Final Fantasy is the one where they do things and take risks. And I'm certainly expecting that with this one. Got I've got my fingers and toes crossed that it turns out well. It should do. I think so. It's banned
0: in Saudi Arabia. Is it? Yeah, it's got gay stuff in it, probably. (laughs) That's probably it. Uh, Without being crass, that's just, yeah, that's probably why, which is a shame. But also, suck shit Saudi Arabia.
1: Sorry about that. (laughs) Does that mean Final Fantasy VII remakes banned in Saudi Arabia too? I don't think it's got gay shit in it, does it? The whole dance scene's gay as anything.
0: Oh, it's very gay, but it's not it's like hugely not, no gay.
1: kisses. There's no kisses in it, you know what I mean? Oh, so you're allowed to dance with other men.
0: But yeah. you can't kiss them. Yeah, that's illegal. Which because <laughs> that's the, the degradation of society, because two men kissing is the end of the world. Right. Who's putting I my putting these politics in my bloody video games? <laughs> So in terms of the world of gaming which is primarily focused on money and obviously the games that have the biggest money behind them make the most money I think 2023 may be the single most disappointing year for AAA games in quite some time in terms I know, of just right? having the so most far. games that are just like you know
1: uh, like they give me the feeling of uh. yeah so- it's weird <laughs> isn't it it's like it's been it's, it's been a year it's been a year where the remakes and stuff have been really good overall. Yeah, like every every Dead time Space? they've done a remake, uh, Dead Space, Metroid, Resident Evil, yeah, all Metroid, all of those remakes have been really, really good. Um, and they've done well in terms of commerce and stuff. They've done good numbers and all that. But whenever the... seems to have not been good, to say the least, like Forspoken, terrible game. Absolutely woeful. I forgot, I forgot that came out this year. Yeah, it came out this year and like died immediately. That's it literally died immediately because didn't something else came out like a week after that? And everybody stopped t- talking about Forspoken immediately because the other game I came, came out. Turn. Sorry? I wouldn't mean to I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Yeah, look so it up because... in
2: January. What what came out in January, which would have been like really, really good at the end of January. <laughs>
1: Because something came out really soon afterwards and just everybody stopped talking about Forspoken immediately. I'm looking at it right now. I can't remember what it is. Um, but yeah, so that was hugely disappointing. And then obviously last week, as we record this podcast, uh, Redfall came out and it was hugely disappointing, despite being a new game from a A publisher and all of that. It's just been a year where the new stuff, from the industry at that top end has been very disappointing. Oh, it was dead space. It was dead space. There you go. Dead space came out it was everybody dead dead space. everybody got about forespoken immediately. Yeah. That's really I fun. Like, dead I, dead I like this, great.
2: uh, Google search. I did, it's like forespoken shit and it's like in a new section. One of, one of the, uh, let, let's, let's, let's like highlight some of these great, um, titles. Paul Redfall reviews have 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 forespoken trending on social media. Why that can only be bad. And then why Dying Light Two should more be like forespoken and less like The Last of Us, both really shit games.
0: I think they're shit games. They're fine. know
1: yeah, well, that that's was the, another that... one. Um, Dying Dying Light was only okay. It's like. People who okay, I knew right. were enjoying it. We're having fun with it. Yeah, but everybody has agreed that it's it's not exactly. Oh, no, not Dying Night. Um, Dead Island, Dead Island 2. Um, hmm. everybody was like, "Oh, it's it's okay." I liked Dead it's Island. It's okay.
2: And I'm. Hyped it's not exactly. For Dead Island free.
1: It's not exactly setting people's world on fire either. You know, it's it's. I mean, it's a 2011 game that came out in
0: 2023. So yeah. whatever. I don't don't even consider Dead Island as a AAA game at this point, just because.
1: Well, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, the the Star Wars game, everybody's Mm. talking about how they're playing the Star Wars, but it's just okay. You know, it's not setting people's worlds on fire. It's not not blowing their mind. We're halfway through the year and we haven't had a new game from a major publisher that has really impressed me. Yeah that's why it's insane
0: to me that we've had a year where the highest reviewed original game is the Xenoblade DLC. Is it really? Yeah. It's got 91. I mean, that doesn't surprise highest me. It's yeah. really, it's probably really, really good. I haven't played it yet because I'm waiting to stream it, but all oh baby, all oh baby Xenoblade has never let me down.
1: Yeah. But yeah, except for two. that's, that's <laughs> DLC, right? It's yeah. yeah. It, it's been, yeah, which is a shame again. It's not like we've had bad games because not only have there been the remakes, of course, but there's stuff like Age of Wonders, which I'm really enjoying at the moment. That came out. Um, but that's not a A game, right? Um, Absolutely not. There's... There have been games <laughs> and they've been all right or entertaining and entertaining and stuff. But, yeah, it's just been one of those years where... it hasn't been a very good year for games. And that's because the new stuff from the big publishers have been pretty poor overall.
0: I mean, the thing is, is that like, at this point, I was more excited to play a remake of a game from 2005 than I was excited to play literally anything else coming out this year, except for like 16, FF16. That's it. And that's a bit of a shame. Because that shouldn't be the case. <laughs> it should be new yeah. stuff. I mean... And I think that's where it comes into the fact that, like, the indies and the the double A's are kind of nailing it this year. Like, uh, yes. not to, again, go back to tape-to-tape, to tape, but I'm really excited about tape-to-tape because tape I think the game has so much potential to be amazing. And then even stuff like... Uh, what was the... What was the Greedful Developers game? The weird French Revolution... That was last mechanical year. ...mechanical game? That was, that was last, last year. Ah, oh, darn, sorry. Still,
1: still rising. Um, but I... Cool. I, I now because they put it aside um yeah and yeah they, they didn't play it when it was new because it came out like a week after elden ring which was a stupid time to release a source like dumbest idea <laughs> yeah, but uh they they did and um yeah people put it aside and, uh, and only start to rediscover it now but yeah they, there have been a lot of good games released this year but it has been those endings and it has been the remakes as well that have kind of held the baton for quality video games it's shocking to me because like
0: again it's a case of me thinking the best game of this year is actually a game from 10 years ago like yeah i'm i've recently played through before. all the big three remakes yeah yeah well 15 I mean, we've years, had yeah. years insane.
2: where it's basically been like it's okay to not play a video game this year before like um i think the year just before the year before the switch nintendo's output that was like everyone's output was relatively eh that year like it, it's happened before
0: yeah it wasn't just like remakes and stuff though when it came out you know what i mean like it's not just a case of you know it, one game not being particularly great and then that's it all the
1: good games this year are games that we've played before <laughs> With one exception, I just it's, realized I'm I'm looking through the list now as we're talking, and there is one exception, and that's Wolong, which was an absolutely spectacular Wolon, game. I I've been playing that in co-op with my friend, and oh baby,
0: that game is fun when it wants to be, and then horrible when it wants to be. Yeah, it it
1: has its moments where it kind of dies, but overall the, the online it's, it's is a very barely hard. functioning. Yeah. Well, that's that's it's a different very sad. But if if you play the single player, once you get through that initial boss, um it's it's great. Overall. But yeah, other than that... It's a really I fun think, game. Yeah. I,
0: mean, I, if, I guess the question is why... Shooters, we've got Counter-Strike 2 and that's it. That's all I'm thinking about that I'm excited about in terms of an actual shooter game that's coming out. And it's just Counter-Strike again. They're not really making that any changes apart from like what, smoke physics.
1: What are you talking about? There was Atomic Heart? That's a shooter for you? Just, you're saying that was good? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like actually happened. <laughs> i'm saying that <laughs> it happened it did happen
0: no you're no, so true it, it did happen i'm being a fool <laughs> everyone go um, play Atomic car game which has big step on me mummies
1: i guess the question yeah. is why why would i mean why may have this happened you know what's the cause of um games not being that great this year and it's just
0: safer to release the same thing over and over
1: again well i I would say that it's a combination of things i i reckon um firstly there's still the residual effect because for a number number of years game developers weren't able to work as normal Um, a lot of the stuff they did in preparation for games that would have been released you know this year next year uh, were, were compromised like a lot of the fundamental work that would have gone into, say, Redfall would have happened through the COVID time, and mm. that would have been very difficult to kind of coordinate and work on. So, a lot of people thought, well, a lot of people through COVID had so many great games to play, right? And that was because yeah, those games lucky. were in developed before COVID, right? So, what we are now experiencing is the result of the covid disruption to video game industry and that'll probably go for another year or two where we'll have all kinds of issues with games bugs and messy stuff with games at launch that they'll need to fix uh patches and stuff so that's that's one of the reasons i the other reason is uh i reckon the economics of the games industry is just changing rapidly so those triple a games aren't really as viable anymore in the same way as they used to be so developers are trying to to publishers developers and publishers are trying to figure out how to make it all happen or work in an era where people are not paying for full price for a game uh people are expecting it to be on game pass you know um uh, red for for example another once again red Four is a good example of this that that game was designed to to be released on game pass and that meant that how they went about making it needed to change to make it economically viable. And the, the, those kinds of things take time for developers to figure out how to make it work in a way that's still entertaining and stuff. So yeah, there's huge transitions going through the industry at the moment as well, which is affecting the quality of those games at that very top end, not mid mid tier games, because they're still working to traditional models of, how they're sold and uh, they're a little bit immune, I guess, to the trends of the broad industry because they're targeting a niche audience niche. rather than the mainstream. But yeah, um, at that terms, very big AAA of, space, it, it's just uh, a mess. Think
0: about that a little bit more. I mean, indie games and AAA and games, they aren't vying for every second of your time. Because the issue that we're facing right now is that every big AAA game is asking you to spend hours every day playing it, doing the battle pass, doing the unlocks, doing the daily challenges. There's only so much time in the day for every single person. And to be honest with you, no one is going to be like, I can't wait to do my daily challenges in Redfall today when a game like Fortnite does have just a better loop and has more people playing to a variety of people no one's going to care about it there's not enough time to care about it in the day so things like indie games where they're just sort of like all right it's a it's a game that lasts like eight hours have fun with it <laughs> things like dead space where it's a game that lasts like 20 hours looks great plays great is great it's done it's over when you well, finish that's... it but you can go back and play it again it's Great. It's That's why it's successful, and that's why Resi 4 is successful, and that's why Metroid Prime is successful, because they're all just contained games that are great experiences that aren't wasting your time. Well, that's so the thing. many of these Those games are designed games... to waste and take your time.
1: Yeah, th- those games were all made before this new approach to game design became a thing, right? So Resident Absolutely. Evil Resident Evil 4, the original, came out at the time where people would just bought a game and played it for 10 hours and then moved on to the next game. It was just, that's how you did the things. Um, and that was when you remake it, there's only so much you can do. To... Developers are forced to kind of, well, developers are limited in terms of what they can do to modernize those games in a way that will still resonate with audiences. And as a result, we have a better quality came from them because they can't turn Resident Evil 4 into a live service game. Then they don't. <laughs> and that's a that's a exactly. good thing. Um, whereas you're totally right. All of these games that are made, being made today, they're being made with the explicit approach that they want to make them live service games that do last forever. You keep playing them because they need to be on Game Pass and the way that you make money on Game Pass is to have you know 100 hours per user. And how do you get to that 100 hours per user? You just have all this kind of content that doesn't really do anything. And for me, I I have played... Um, Redfall for, for like an hour or so and I'm already deathly bored with it because I can tell that there's oh, no it's substance miserable. to I, I can tell it's that there's totally no substance miserable. to it. And the reason there's no substance to it is because if they tried to put substance in there then the game would be much shorter. <laughs> um, by making this really shallow thing that's designed to be endlessly replayed that's how they get their audience to have you know to, to put 100 hours each into the thing. But For those of us that have a a sense of self respect and would rather play something that has some kind of meaning, then yeah, it's not there. So that's what I'm also
2: seeing is a lot of those uh, live service games, they're sort of um, like, you know, had you had the um, NFTs and, you know, uh, you know, Bitcoin. Bloody Ubisoft. Yeah, and on the, like, you know, blockchain and all this other crap, which sort of started coming in as big trends. And then, you know, that was sort of in the development pipeline for a lot of these AAA games. And then when there was... A good chunk, I mean, they're still going to happen. They're still going to be in the pipeline for a few, but a good chunk of them are like, hang on, we're going to backtrack a bit and get them out of games or retool it a bit and then so you've got all these games which are a little bit of a mess because it's like well you know we spent time working on this and now we've got you no know, nothing which was focused on for the actual end product
1: yeah yeah i think you're probably right there trend that there there is probably an element of that that some developers and publishers were working on ideas that especially particularly with nfts um were not popular <laughs> so they did have to backtrack the idea bit.
0: the idea then would be like not how we can make a good game and make money from the good game it's then we're going to make money and then make a good game
1: well i think that's like the, the I, reverse i think that's the problem with the triple a industry as a general thing these days that it is yeah. definitely like the conversation that they're having um in the development offices in especially amongst the suits, the project managers, the CEOs. Um, the the, the shareholders. <laughs> yeah. The, well, not so much the shareholders. I'm talking about the people making the games, but the conversations that the people yeah, right. making the games are having is very much about how can we maximize our revenue? Um, what kind of, you know, the, the metrics they're looking at is number of hours played per user or uh, engagement statistics. You know, they're, they're, they're so busy collecting data and looking at um, these kind of metrics that, along the lines, just making a fun game has kind of been lost, uh, and, and I don't think that's a consideration of the the AAA industry, which is in the end another reason that the remakes are kind of working because the remakes were always made with the idea of making a game, you know, uh, and, and not succeeding according to the best practice or the the business metrics that they're looking at. So, I think that's a big part of it as well, the the attitude yeah. towards what they're trying to do with games is has changed fundamentally. They're all about engagement models now. You know their their um, products, <laughs> and they've always yeah, been products. Keep of course. them playing in that cycle. Yeah, it's just it's just metrics like the the idea of what a good game is to the game developers, uh, the publishers, uh, the games that have the greatest engagement. It's not about making a game that people enjoy. Is about making a game that people spend a lot of time playing and they're, they're very yeah. different things they're very very different things because mobile games you know this is basically they saw the success of mobile games and tried have been trying to replicate that in the console and pc space but mobile games aren't necessarily about people having fun it's about people playing a lot and they're very different it's gambling and i've said this i've sure i've said this on the podcast in the past i once went along to a gambling conference that i got invited to as a journalist and um i didn't have to go i wasn't i I don't cover that industry but at at a random thing i the the pr invited me along so i thought i'll I'll go and see what it's like and see what that industry is about and the conversations they have the way they talk about games or what they're doing is exactly the way they talk about video games now. And this was 15 years ago when I went to the gambling conference, but the the conversations, the tone, the language they use, the way they talk about games in the gambling industry and the way they talk about games in video games is exactly the same now. So it's not just about loot boxes. When people say that you know, gambling has had uh, an influence on video games, it's not just about the loot boxes, it's the way they think about their games. And that's a, that's a huge problem for the AAA industry. And I think that if they don't get um, control of themselves, if somebody doesn't wake them up to this, then that issue is not going to go away either. We're just is always going to have bad AAA sad. games. Yeah, it's pathetic. Who it's, would have it's thought really that pathetic. Jack
2: Thompson was right? We should have banned all video games.
0: Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know like the, the the way that we're going right now the only games i'm interested in from a triple a point of view are the games where it's very explicitly clear that this is a single player game like i i love Zelda blade 3 it's a rpg that i streamed the entire way through had a great time loved it perfect game experience in my opinion got very happy with it got very mad at it loved it great time played through dead space did the exact same thing. Had a great time with it. Didn't waste my time on anything else. I'm playing through Metroid right now. It's a great time. I'm playing through Diablo 2 right now again as well. From before the Blizzard absolute nightmare. That the game's also fantastic. It's so sad that that's just not the case for new games anymore. Unless you're Capcom at this point. But even then, Capcom's a bit like, ooh.
1: Because uh, sometimes they make bad choices. Well, I mean, it's but... pretty... It's pretty you can pretty much rely on Zelda being a good game. <laughs> um Yeah,
0: that's that's another thing is like Zelda will be fine
1: and it'll I, be great I don't think and I'll have a great time I, with it. I I don't think there's any risk of that not being at least on some level decent. But yeah, you're right. I mean, because single player, the approach to game design is kind of constrained in terms of what you can do in making it a live service and so on and so on and so forth. So developers have kind of forced to approach those games in a traditional way as such um, that the other thing about single-player games which i think is part of the reason that they're they're enjoyable is they end um, because you do have a narrative in those. you have to have a narrative cheating. yeah you have to have a narrative in a single-player game which means that you have to have that beginning middle and end it has to finish at some point and when you approach games like Again, Redfall, um, they're made to be so open ended, they're not they, they they don't effectively end. And that changes how they're made and changes it for the worst. Now that doesn't mean that single player games are always good because sometimes a story sucks, There's Forespoken showed us, but it does mean that you have to approach it in a way that is conducive to a you know interesting game to play. So for the same reason as you, I I mean, I only play single player games these days. I I don't touch multiplayer unless I absolutely have to.
0: I think uh, this is a bit of a moment for me to implore everyone who has not played Redfall. If you do have access to Game Pass, please give it a shot because it sort of exemplifies everything we're talking about here. It is soulless. It is miserable. If you're playing on PC, it also runs maybe the worst I've seen a PC game run in a quite while, which is amazing, given that Jedi Survivor came out, like, the other week. Um, it, the the characters are awful. The story doesn't exist. The AI of the enemies means that you're basically playing the shooting gallery from RE4, but with worse music. The, the world design is empty. There's nothing there. It is running around an Unreal engine, like, stock map with enemies that aren't a threat for however many hours it takes to beat that game. I don't even want to try it. I downloaded it, played it on release because I was excited about it and I stopped within an hour because it just was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. So th- there's something to be said about like a study that needs to be done about that game and why it doesn't work because it's so endemic of every marketing manager's like feedback points. Like how can you be diverse but also not? How can you have an open world but also not? How can you have fun enemies but also not? <laughs> like not too fun, so people don't get freaked out by it and think it's kooky and crazy. Like it's it's so frustrating. It's such a marketer's game. And I think that's why it annoys me. Well, that's the thing, it's all
1: made for the metrics. <laughs> um yeah. It's, it's Blizzard, made for um, the Blizzard it's made, tool to show it's, how everyone it's made, is <laughs> it's made by so sad a Microsoft company, and Microsoft's goal is to push Game Pass and not box sales. Game Pass—that's what Microsoft wants people playing. And I've said it so many times over the the podcast and every, every other way and anywhere that people actually listen to me. Um, the problem with Game Pass. Is that it is going to change how games are made and redfall is an example of what game pass drives it is something that's kind of designed to be so completely inoffensive that everybody can pick it up and play it it's designed to be something that people will play forever you don't have any creative ideas because if you have creative ideas you might put people off the game Uh, so it's very risk adverse and it's just designed to be um so utterly generic that everybody can play it for however long um that's the problem with the game pass model that's what the game has been made for and we're going to get more and more of those because that is the only kind of game that game pass actually will support in the same way that um all the other subscription services have changed how music is made and how films are made and it's just an endless churn of content now across pretty much all those sectors. What's going to happen to games is uh, is probably more dramatic because uh, the the way that you need to make these games needs to be so different to make them work on a subscription service. So yeah, that's what people wanted. That's what people are going to get. Uh, enjoy your Redfalls. Eat your slop. Yeah, enjoy your, slop. Red- enjoy your Red Enjoy your Redfalls because that's <laughs> that's what you're going to get unlimited uh amounts of yeah. going forwards it's just really sad it's really sad
0: and uh, again this is a point to be excited about indie games because hell yeah there are so many cool things coming out i mean colt of the lamb came out this year as well Cult of the lamb fantastic game australian made focused on what it wants to be
1: great job did it come out this year came it out last it. year. Did it? Oh my God. Yeah, it was the last year. there's DLC. Life? DLC came out this recently. There's DLC this year. Yeah. yeah. And people are still talking about it and playing it because it's a very good game. <laughs> um, it's just a well made yeah, video game. It was definitely made last year. It was definitely released last year. Uh, but August, yeah, it yeah, was last year. In Indies are definitely where you go for stuff because they can still be risked. Uh, they can still take risks and they can still be um made in traditional ways because Mm -hmm. uh they don't need the same sized audience and and whatever and they don't really have a play on game pass so they still need to find a way of making sales work so there, there are a couple of indies that end up doing all right on game pass but for the most part that sector can't rely on that and they know it so they try and make their their money elsewhere um generally by having a Switch version, I guess, and hoping that it pick it up on the Switch. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully they hopefully they yeah. continue on. They should do.
0: I mean, the amount of stuff that I'm seeing coming out right now, out of Steam itself, when you get through all the dumpster garbage, it is exciting,
1: and it will be cool. And, I mean, well, the, the Switch thing, does have consistently bangers on it. So, The, the great thing, I guess, for indies is... Um, all of those kind of Steam Deck style handhelds, all the handhelds that are coming out that are designed to work with Steam and, and PC gaming. Um mm. they're all more than adequate for indies. So those handhelds might not be able to do the AAA you know, Jedi Survivor game to the highest the kind of the highest level of detail that you could with a 4K PC set up with cooling systems and whatever at home. But the Steam Deck will handle Indie games just fine, so that's a new. Mm-hmm. The interest that people have in those handhelds gives the indies a new kind of uh, market as such, a new audience to reach out to. People that are playing these kinds of uh, PC games on the go, and that's a good thing. I really like the trend that yeah. we're we're seeing with those handhelds, and uh, I do hope that the indies keep benefiting benefiting from those.
0: I, I see no reason as to why that market also wouldn't be. Impacted by a you know an over like an overflow of those sorts of consoles, like there's no reason why that would cause any problem, and it's really exciting because it means more people will play weird little indie games about a crocodile, and that's great. It's better than playing Marvel's The
1: Avengers. Lyle like Lyle playing Lyle the Crocodile.
0: No, what's the little, Gator. The little cro- game? Little croc game. Little, Gator. little Gator game. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. That game is awesome. Love that he just plays a little gator. It's also not the Lyle Lyle Crocodile because that movie is awful. I love the part where he goes <laughs> la la
4: la la la. It's
1: really good. Um, the, the little the yeah. little scene at the start of the movie is quite good, where they meet yeah, or some Little la, la, the little yeah yeah the little baby crocodile singing and um, Xavier Bardim was Xavier Baum? Sure. Like, was it Xavier Bardim? Maybe the actor. The, the older maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's him. I'm yeah. Thinking of him, it, it is Xavier Barton, isn't it? The bad guy from Skyfall. Anyway, it's... yeah. Yeah, he, he meets him and they do the little dancing thing. And yeah, that's cute. It's a cute start to the film. It just goes belly up once the crocodile's older.
0: This is a bit of an unrelated topic, but I do wish more video games would have Hugh Grant in them being the slimiest man of all time. I think every game could benefit from more Hugh Grant. That's my. Uh, did you watch the Dungeons and Dragons the movie? Did you, Alan? <laughs> I may have watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie <laughs> and I may have
1: had a wonderful time. <laughs> that's a cracking good movie, that is. I feel bad it's because it's fun. obviously brand the movie. Like, I feel bad for enjoying it because, yeah, it's also, definitely. I mean, golly, it was fun. Yeah, it's definitely brand the movie, but at the same time, I had too much fun to care. So, yeah, I really like that movie. And the Aussie did the theme song.
0: And Auntie Donna wrote an Australian version of it. Sorry, they were the corpses. The Australian comedy group Auntie Donna. They were the Really, corpses. really was it? Yeah, yeah, that was. Them. I did not know that. That was an Australian comedy only, group, was it? Only in the Australian cut the the Auntie Donna boys from Melbourne and Ballarat. Really? In... Yeah, they're hugely Australian. mate. I did not know that. That's great. Yeah, it's very good. Very they went in the UK cut of that movie. It was heartbreaking. It was oh, really sad because I was looking out for them. Yeah, because it's different people for different areas. So it's different skeletons
1: for every country. Yeah. <laughs> different bones for different folks. Oh, wow, that's just blowing my mind. They actually made... Yeah, I know. So they actually made that... Because that was obviously a skit scene. That was all designed just purely for comedy. And they actually mm. made localized versions of it for each market. I believe so, yeah. Something like that. That's neat.
0: Isn't that great? Yeah, it's a great movie.
1: Go out and see the Dungeons and Dragons movie if you haven't. Yeah, definitely do that. that. But see the Australian version. it has it has Hugh Grant being the slimiest man, and I love him. I was really unsure about that. Like, I was really unsure about Hugh Grant in a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I was like, really? No, that can't be right. No. But did you watch
2: the the? But he totally got me with
1: the same character. (laughs) He totally got me and, within five five like five minutes on screen. I was like, "Yeah, this guy rocks. He's you know, he's, he's having too much yeah, fun with great. this movie. Yeah, he's he's just having a good time." And with that, have you seen the Dungeon Dragon Dragons movie, Trent?
2: No, I haven't actually.
1: Wow, <laughs> you uncultured person!
2: I don't know. It was like when did it come out? Like last year, the year before.
1: What? No, same year. It came out this year. It's still in cinemas, dude. it?
2: Yes, uh... Yes, I thought yeah. it was like ages ago, and now we're in that awkward time where it's not in fear. because Guardians of Galaxy is out now.
1: No, no, it's, it's still. Oh, actually, it might have it might have left it because it's actually coming out on iTunes on the same day, I think, as Zelda. It's yeah. very much worth watching. So you can instead it's of watching fun. Zelda, it, instead of playing Zelda, you can watch Dungeon Dragons on iTunes instead, which I highly recommend. It's we'll definitely say. better. I would
0: also recommend it.
1: I hope they do a single. watch it trend. I want well, because I love Chris Pratt, uh, Chris Pratt, Chris Pine. I hate Chris Pratt. <laughs> Too many Chris's. I know. Chris I always Pine. get them confused as well. Chris, Chris Pine's great. Chris Pine, great. Chris Pratt is a Pratt. Yeah. He's yeah. Chris. Chris Pine was great. Um, yeah. More well, Chris. Pine, so was games, thank so was so was Will Smith's kid, Justice. Yeah. Justice is that his name? Justice. Yeah. Justice. He was, he was great. Very good. He did a good job. They're all great. Nancy Don't Drew wasn't Michelle. great, but you know. Yeah, she's fine. She's, she's, yeah. She did enough, yeah. I guess. Oh, but Michelle Rodriguez is great. Like, it's just Michelle fucking Rodriguez. What do you want from her? Yeah, she was the just one character be... She's been doing for the last <laughs> <Yeah>. 70 years. <laughs> she, she was like, uh, I'll, I'll do this movie if I can just be myself. And they're like, yeah, sure, you can do you you this. Like yourself. a family, like, <laughs> some sort of family based joke with Dominic Toretto. Coming out of the, the corner and
0: just have Vin Diesel hiding there like a little goblin.
1: And
0: but that was Cooper a being a tiny
1: boy as well. Good that, that was a movie for her. Like that role was just yeah. that, yeah, designed for her.